0: Welcome to Love's Everyday Radius, a podcast brought to you by the Hoffman Institute. My name is Drew Horning, and on this podcast we catch up with graduates for conversations around how their internal work in the process is informing their life outside the process, how their spirit and how their love is living in the world around them, their everyday radius. Hey everybody, my name is Drew Horning. Welcome to the Hoffman Podcast. Today we have Joby Manson with us. Joby, would you introduce yourself?
1: Hi there. My name is Joby and I am delighted to be here.
0: We're psyched to have you.
1: Mm -hmm. When
0: did you do the process?
1: I graduated the process in August of 2015. So it has almost been five years.
0: And... What, uh, I was going to say motivated you, but what, uh, what was the reason you signed up for this week long experience?
1: The reason was that the bottom of my life dropped out and I was guided to the process by somebody who really cared about me. And at the time there were few individuals in my life who I felt I could trust in that way. And um, they had shared with me how much, multiple times prior to even having this conversation with them where it was decided that I would go, uh, they had shared the wisdom of Hoffman and how it had helped them through the trials and tribulations of their childhood. And when this bottom fell out, Uh, a false sense of foundation that i was living on at the time um i signed up blindly and went
0: (laughs) that's some trust right there
1: yeah um i feel like i i knew at that moment when all of this happened i was i was 29 um I had been living in a really codependent relationship, quite isolated from friends and family, and I was working all of the time. And I really, I I don't wanna say I didn't love the work because the work in so many ways was the epitome of everything that I had dreamed of creating, but I felt numb to it. And even beyond that, I was exhausted um in this relationship when i split up with this person my partner my home and my vocation all dissolved in in one day um and truly i just felt very much like i had nowhere else to go mm.
0: wow so you you complete the paperwork you show up and and then what happens when you're at the
1: process (laughs) well it's funny to think about now um and i sometimes make the joke that nobody told me i was literally opening pandora's box and once you take the red pill there is no going back to borrow the analogy from the matrix but uh what happened it took me a few days to fill out the Hoffman paperwork and once I really got into the line of questioning I began to really begin to understand what I was getting into was um was very deep and was very different than any way of living or relating I had previously experienced and I w- felt as overwhelmed as I felt I also felt simultaneously hungry for this knowledge. And, um, like I said, when, when I left or chose to go and step out onto the ledge of this new journey, this new path, I, I knew that I was going to go to Hoffman and I had planned to leave the country for a couple of months post that experience. And, um, Yeah, it it very much was a leap of faith.
0: Yeah, so if you were to take us to your process and we were a fly on the wall, when did that Pandora's box open? Where were you? What was happening?
1: Um, It's funny that you ask about the Pandora's box. I... I was reading my, my journal this morning and, uh, my journal that I had with me, the first journal I've ever kept with a sense of consistency. And I brought it with me to Hoffman. Um, and the intention was to take a blank journey, a blank journal on this trip that I was going on post the experience. And during my Hoffman experience, the moment of our first visualization, I knew I had entered a completely radical domain and dimension of my life that was the beginning of a new way of living. The moment we dropped into that first visualization and were guided through, um, you know, a really... Uh, quite frightening moment. And I think at the time, looking back on it, the moment I dropped in, I realized how visual I am as a human being and how clear these images and these pictures were that were coming to my awareness. Um, it really was, it was incredible, uh, to be given uh, a guided access point to go inside of oneself in such a way. I felt like I was entering um, a hidden world.
0: Wow, you! In in some of your previous materials, you have talked about the difference between naming emotions and actually feeling them, allowing them in your body. And I, and I just have to say, as a as a therapist for years prior to becoming a Hoffman teacher, I so relate to that. I feel like I ended up helping my people, my clients, my patients become better at um, talking about emotions rather than feeling emotions. Do you relate to that and what the process gave you around the actual cellular embodiment of emotion is that part of what you're talking about i
1: think that that's absolutely what i'm talking about but i don't think that that realization clicked for me until years after i in fact graduated from hoffman i would say to you in full transparency that I have only just begun to live in a way that is fully embodied, giving, giving my body the permission to experience emotions as a fluid exchange and relativity to the world that is happening around me. Um, And it's taken a lot of, a lot of practice, a lot of commitment and a lot of work post process um, to continue to remain in that space. I think, you know, like I said, it's been about five years since I've graduated and there were so many different experiences inside of that container that were about embodiment. And I also think that, like I said, the visual, the cerebral, the intellectual and, um, mental aspect, the psychological component of Hoffman was so powerful for me that I, in some ways was imbalanced in my practice post Hoffman experience. I really sunk into the cerebral awareness techniques and stayed very much in the mental for, for years. And, um, you know, they, they say we create what we need. Most of my work in my life uh, from a vocation is, is about learning how to embody my life and, and move with my emotions, live with nature and the nature of myself and all of (laughs) myself, the selves that are, uh, you know, a, a big portion of that dark side and that, um, that more dense expression of things that are heavy and painful. And, um, you know, that still in so many ways are very alive in my body,
0: but yes. So take us to, um, pre COVID-19, take us to you with your people. Where are you? As you're doing this transformative work that you guide people through, where are you? What does it look like? Sort of set the scene, describe it for us. I think it's, I'm so inspired by it. So i was so excited to kind of understand your world as you work with people and what you're able to do and how you're able to do it.
1: May I contextualize something before I share that? Sure. So, at Hoffman, the technique of visualization was so powerful for me. It was so sensory and so embodied. And I thought to myself, as soon as I left that first visualization, I wonder what would happen if I practiced this outside of a classroom, outside of a space that was in no way um, you know, overly aesthetic or overly curated. It was just a, a simple space. Um, I wonder what would happen if I took this tool into nature and the moment that I left Hoffman, I began practicing visualization in the ocean. Um, and so my work, uh, is to guide individuals on inner journeys, inner safaris inside of themselves, inside of the container of water and I do this for many different reasons, but water is the only space on the planet that stimulates all of our senses simultaneously. So water affects our sensory system in a way that nothing else does. And it takes our our nervous system into its deepest place of relaxation and ease. And so what is possible in terms of connection, um, both mental connection, physical connection, spiritual connection, in that place is is really truly profound, um, and this work that I do, I lead safaris out in the ocean. Um, I guide people to join me <laughs> on a paddle board, and I lay them down in shavasana and lead them through a visualization journey. And sometimes we are joined by whales, and sometimes we are joined by dolphins, and it is. Um, it is the most humbling experience possible because ultimately it is my belief that until we are in touch and connected with our own nature, we cannot live inside of the nature of our planet from a place of balance. So the goal, yeah, sorry about my dogs. (laughs) There's a little nature at my house. I hope you can't hear them.
0: (laughs) Uh, We hear them a little bit. They um, want to be a part of the conversation. Maybe.
1: They always want to be a part of everything. Um, so, yeah, it's it's about getting people out into the world in touch with their sensitivities, um, learning that we are all so intimately connected to the natural world and practicing self-awareness techniques in in environments that can shape a very dynamic experience. So, in the same way that Hoffman is a very particular container, um, the ocean and water is a very, very particular container to conjure a very special experience. And if you think about it, every form of life on this planet begun in water. Everything that is alive begun as water. And so
0: in our in the womb, exactly. we're in water, our bodies made of water.
1: There's there's many, many metaphors. Um and so and and very real parallels. And so for me it's uh it's a fascinating place to explore human potential, human connection, um and return to a state that is our most natural manifestation. And I, when I first begun, I used to call this creativity development, A, because that didn't scare people, um, and B, because I had no idea what else to call this. But I know that water has this profound effect on, on our creative capacity. And um, I believe that we are all artists.
0: Yeah, wow And so um, in that journey, occasionally to even ramp it up a little bit That sense of surrender and letting go And probably sensory, um, well, to the support of the sensory experience You also will uh, ask people if they want to be blindfolded Is that true?
1: That is a relatively new addition to my program. Um, but I realized I started uh, going out there, and the moment that I close my eyes, and when I'm out there alone floating, I realize that my ears awaken and they are seeing for me. Um, and so it started to get me thinking what happens when you remove this sense of perception from a visual standpoint, what is then possible? How do we connect to our, our sense of, um, our sense of seeing with our different, uh, our different perceptive capacities. And it really, um, it really has dynamically enhanced the way that I think about perception because we rely so heavily on our vision and as human beings we want to know we want to be clear-headed and you know the truth is we don't know anything ever it's always changing and moving and shifting and um when you learn or when i learned how to navigate with my different senses as a way to perceive the natural world and the ways that i relate to situations, to people, to challenges from a different feeling sense, um, I am much more embodied. So this has been an experience of exploring how to be embodied through my other senses, other than my vision and vision is such a, a tricky sense Anyway, it, it literally puts us outside of ourselves right We're always watching and we're synthesizing and we're analyzing. It's a very mental sense. but
0: it's almost like we're also on alert we're, absolutely we're scoping So the closing of the eyes, the, the blindfolding uh, probably must open up a whole nother world.
1: Uh, a different sight awakens It's insight
0: awakens Wow. What's the quote, Joby, um, about uh, it's soft, but it penetrates mountains?
1: Oh, that's Lao Tzu. So in the Tao, which is, you know, an ancient Buddhist philosophy, that uh, water is the softest thing, and yet it penetrates mountains. Um, Yeah, it's... To me, it is the true manifestation of strength, which is vulnerability and patience and softness.
0: What happens for you as you talk about your work?
1: Mm, I smile. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My work, work feels like the wrong word.
0: Um, Um, Your purpose.
1: Yeah, that's better. Um, It... what happens i my heart opens and i feel so inspired and moved by something so much larger than myself something that is timeless and um it is It is, it is magic. It is, it is a miracle to be in the presence of creation in this way. Um, and it is the water, the water, the ocean, it's my home. And so I feel at, I feel merged with life itself. I feel at home in the world. I feel like I am no stranger here to borrow a quote from Alan Watts.
0: <laughs> wow. So you, you grew up on the water. Um, I, I remember reading something about you on the beach with your father. No, was it your grandfather?
1: There you go. <laughs> uh, and yeah. you're a
0: Pisces, no less.
1: I am a Pisces. I am a zero degree Pisces.
0: Which What's zero degree mean?
1: In astrology, um, I love astrology as a language to talk about energy, uh, and an archetype. I think it's fascinating, but in astrology, when you are born on the last degree or the first degree of a sign, the properties or the, the attributes of that sign are particularly emphasized. And so being a zero degrees Pisces, I am, um, I am just on the cusp of Aquarian Pisces. So my tendencies tend to vacillate between, you know, aspects of Aquarian being very, uh, very much without sounding full of myself, uh, attuned to vision Um, and Pisces is, is the dreamer. And so my work is, is in staying grounded, (laughs) staying in the planet um, rather than of another one and um yeah continuing to to move through um time and space and and share those those wonderful uh, qualities with ease
0: with your people
1: with my people
0: that's great so um with your grandfather on the beach I just imagine the two of you walking and as a kid, you running around with all this energy. What what was that experience like for you? The ocean, the sand, your grandfather. What do you remember about that?
1: I often think about those memories as my first memories. Um, and it was in many ways the most special time of my childhood, um, it was the only time I can remember where I felt special and seen and, um, honored in a way where this was my time with one person who really cared about me. And, uh, I come from many different families. My parents split up when I was very young. I was two. They both remarried pretty quickly and had other families that they created. And there was very little time that I can remember where I was able to have a sense of, of peace and attention and care. And those memories are very much full of that.
0: That's fantastic. Uh, What a nice thing to be able to fall back on in support of growth and change and transformation. And I guess if we, if we fast forward, um, and we, we run into this thing that has caused such distress and such incredibly unique circumstances. How have you adjusted your work, which requires you to go outside? And and in California, I'm imagining the beaches were closed. So what did you do with that? How did you transition your work?
1: You know, this has been the most unexpected and beautiful time that I have had with this practice that i created since its inception about five years ago and if you had told me three months ago that i would be leading virtual meditations from my bathtub with other people and be on camera i i don't know what i would have said to you but i would have definitely laughed in your face (laughs) um Uh,
0: on camera zoom meetings from your bathtub
1: So I lead 45 minute virtual water meditations where I am on camera. Nobody else is on camera and we are all in the bathtub together creating a water circle, if you will. And we are going on a journey, a guided meditation, um, in water. And it is a, uh, it has been the most profound awakening for me in, since the creation of my business, if one could even call this a business. On paper, it's a business. Um, because it has slowed me down to really deconstruct the elemental steps of what is happening through this healing modality. And when you're in the ocean, you know, I'm so attuned to safety, um, that I don't get to stop and really feel into my own experience of what's happening, but guiding in this way, um, I get to go through the journey just as much as those who are participating with me. It's very much like we are all exploring, um, together. And it is, I I feel as though I am sitting in this transition of a revolution within my business and the way in which I work, because I've never been able to work with many people before using this technique. And now it's
0: it's had to be kind of a one-on-one kind of thing. Exactly. And And now you're, you're scaling up in ways that are surprising,
1: unprecedented. And I can lead, you know, hundreds of people, which has happened since covid hundreds of people at once through a guided meditation in water
0: It's almost like you get the benefit of the water without the cost of scanning for safety so you get to drop in even deeper Exactly That's So what <laughs> what are what are people you know in the in the process we use a lot of ways to support People going deeper. One of those is meditation, closing the eyes. Uh, there are many, but another one is music. But and and we only use water in a very cursory way. But you, you go all in on this water experience. What do you? What do people? What are what are people digesting? What are they transforming? What are they undoing and relearning? I'm in particular curious about the unknown because when you, when you talked about the ocean, you talked about how much is unknown and closing their eyes and letting go and being in the surrender of it all and in the unknown and hell COVID-19 is, is a huge unknown. When are we going to, when are schools going to open up? When are businesses, what does that look like? There's so much unknown and are people dealing with those current issues as you work with them or are they dealing with what they would normally have dealt with pre COVID?
1: No, I think, um, absolutely what people are learning to be with at this time is, uh, unprecedented, um, as you know, physical challenges, emotional challenges, um, spiritual challenges. How do we move from one day to the next? Um, And in so many ways, that's what I love about the simplicity of this practice. It It is using water as a mirror and a metaphor to help everyone embrace what is and create a sense of peace and safety and relaxation in the immediacy of their home. Um, so learning to be in that constriction from a place of softness and peace. And that's like the very literal of what I think is happening.
0: Um, learning to be in that place of constriction with softness and peace.
1: That's, that's the goal.
0: And is there a, is there a perfect temperature that supports that softness and peace?
1: You know, I like to guide people hot, but not scalding. So in my experience with these bathtub meditations, the warmer the water, the more you feel your pulse, right? The hot water activates your circulatory system. So you really feel your heartbeat the minute you sink into the water. And if you allow your ears to go below water level, you hear your pulse and you return to the drum of heartbeat in your body. And, you know, for me, my work is very much about, um, attuning to the senses and connecting with the elements that live inside of our body as well as beyond us. Um, because that's where the magic happens and, you know so so much of this practice is helping people learn how to relate to their their body learn how to trust the the experience of being embodied and when we sink into the water the weight of gravity is removed we float and with just with our breath we rise and fall and you know obviously not everyone has a huge bathtub not everyone has a bathtub but even the simple act of allowing your feet to be submerged in a foot bath, for example, it starts to attune your awareness to the true manifestation of softness. I think so much about Hoffman is is about learning to cultivate that from a place of acceptance within yourself and and a sense of compassion, and the water literally manifests it. And so in that way, it is my greatest teacher Water is the embodiment of everything I am looking to be in my life.
0: Wow. It's almost as if you're having the experience and then sharing with your people how to join you in that experience in in real time.
1: Absolutely. And I think, you know, I'd be curious um, on your thoughts about this as a, did you, you said you were a therapist? Yes.
0: Yeah. Pre- prior to being a teacher. Yeah.
1: Okay. So I believe, and, and I feel like I've learned this through Hoffman as well. Um, our brain can't recreate an experience until it has had a physical manifestation of that experience. Our brain is like a mirror, right? We mirror and mirror and mirror and mirror. And once we see something, human social creatures, we watch and then replicate. And that's Across all nature, it's not just humans, humans are just very good at it. Um, once the water has created the experience the literal manifestation of softness by studying it, emerging and uh, sorry submerging and and being with it, I'm able to receive it and then recreate it so softness as a physical manifestation can be experienced and therefore it is known. And once it is known, it can be crafted.
0: That's fantastic, I love it.
1: Me too, <laughs> clearly.
0: <laughs> so Joby, what if uh, in, in, <laughs> in my family during this time, I noticed that everybody in the family is taking more baths than we ever took previously. So what would you say, is there a way in which people can, can take that bath, but um, you can provide some guidance, some questions, some thoughts on how to, how to take advantage of the power of water in doing so, to make it more intentional, an intentional bath maybe?
1: Absolutely. Um, I just wrote an article about this. So this is perfect timing as usual. Um, the article was about how the water connects us. And, you know, I love to think of my bath as a spiritual sanctuary. And so I'm very thoughtful in how I set up my space. I like to bring, uh, uh, really beautiful floral bath soak or magnesium salts, which just continue to help alleviate the the tension that lives inside of our body. Once we are in the water, I have a candle, I bring fresh flowers. I have a jade stone that I found in Big Sur to massage my muscles. Um, I love to listen to a guided meditation that a friend of mine, uh, put together, which is some ambient beautiful contemporary sounds with this amazing Alan Watts lecture on the power of listening. And, you know, it's when I sink in the moment that I enter the water, everything slows down. And it's really about sinking into a space beyond time. Um, The minute we slow We are able to experience what Viktor Frankl talks about. And I remember this quote from The Process. There's stimulus and response, and in between there's space. And in that space, we have the power to choose. In the space that I'm talking about, in the water, we have the opportunity to consciously go within our body and receive it and be received in that process by the environment, by the physical environment and softness of the water. So it's, uh, it's very much an opportunity to listen to your heart, literally to hear your pulse and hear your heartbeat and breathe into that space. Um, I always like to, see how far I can take my breath down into my body. A lot of times, if I'm feeling as soon as I get into the bath, I usually can't breathe past my right below my throat. I'm really quite tense. And then about 10, 15 minutes in, I've taken my breath down into the center, into my core. Um, and it's just, a. It's a beautiful practice to take some time for yourself and to think about it as setting up a sacred space. So, you know, bringing objects into that space, I I have a stone, I have usually flame, flowers, the elements, there's, there's a way you can make it beautiful for yourself um, and thoughtful. And and that's um,
0: the, the power I'm thinking about the power of felt sense this idea of felt sense and, and even here now, you and I can have this conversation about what it does, the structure of it, the accoutrements, all the things that happen. And it is really chasing after and words don't do justice to the cellular embodied experience of your skin in water, do they?
1: They don't. And when I used that blindfold in the ocean, the first time I realized that I realized a few things and without getting too heady here, the, the largest organ in the body is the skin. The skin is our first point of contact with nature. And the language of nature is vibration in its purest sense. It is movement. And all of that movement is first witnessed and, and received in our skin. And so I think so much of the time, the world that we live in, the way that we live, our bodies are so overwhelmed with stimuli. And, and when we soften that experience with water, we're able to slow down enough to relax, literally, um, and to soften all of the inputs that our, that our mind and bodies are receiving constantly. Um, and it allows for a much more uh, desirable experience of embodiment because we're not overwhelmed by the world.
0: Hmm. It, uh, talk about being present to the moment, the here and now. That that practice just facilitates it in such a such an uh, an easier way, Joby. I have loved this conversation and I can say that my baths will never be the same.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad. And, uh, you know, I will just, um, end with saying that the Hoffman, um, has given me and continues to give me so many things that I find sacred in my life it was the beginning of everything and it taught me it showed me that I actually wasn't connected you know like you don't know what you don't know and that's the that's the paradox of numbness and um it's you know connection the art of connection the balance of connection is not something that is easy necessarily but it is something that can be softened over time. And, you know, the water teaches me that, but where that really, where that curriculum and that intelligence begun was absolutely from Hoffman. And I, you know, in whatever ways I can continue to pay that forward because it is the foundation and cornerstone of my life.
0: Thank you, Toby. Appreciate your time.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to our podcast. My name is Liza Ingrassi. I'm the CEO and president of Hoffman Institute Foundation.
0: And I'm Ras Ingrassi. Hoffman teacher and founder of the Hoffman Institute Foundation.
1: Our mission is to provide people greater access to the wisdom and power of love.
0: In themselves, in each other, and in the world. To find out more, please go to HoffmanInstitute.org.